Hello. Welcome to Season 5 of the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Colick, the creator of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Zipora, a Pretty Deadly Community Guide and Online Coaching in Tebe, Uganda. In this season, Zipporah and I are exploring self-defense in Uganda, talking about the different challenges women face and what strengths we might have in common. There's a lot to discover, so welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. This is episode 73, and today we are talking about looking through your attacker, studying your surroundings. Yep. So studying your surroundings um, is something called situational awareness, Ooh, right? And that whenever a name to it. It does. Usually when I ask people what they think situational awareness means, they say, guess what they say? Mm-mm, I don't want to guess. Please tell me. They say being aware of the situation. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not. Yeah, I mean, it is. That is what it means, but it, it's a little bit more than that. Yeah. So situational awareness is something that I think is really cool. And as women, this is something we have a lot of practice at. Mm. So, but again, it's something that we don't think about applying to self-defense situations, even though that's pretty much the only way we ever do apply it. Mm. Mm. What I mean by this is, um, for example, where I live in Berlin, it's really common to take the subway. Yeah. If I walk onto the subway train on a Friday night, you know, pre-pandemic or post-pandemic, I'm going to look at the train car and I want to, if it's really full of people and they're really rowdy, I need to figure out, are they drunk? Are they on drugs? Are they aggressive? Are they just joyful? Is there an empty seat? Is it next to a woman? Am I safe? Or should I just let this train go and wait for the next one? Because this car is a little too rowdy for me right now. Mm. I make this call all the time and I do it in seconds. You know, I step yeah. onto the train, I look around, I'm like, ah, no, going to wait for the next one. Or like, yeah, I'm okay here. We do this in a million different situations. Anytime we walk through, we walk into a room as women, you know, we're immediately looking around like, you know, how, how am I being received? What's the vibe in the room? Yes. Is there anyone here I need to be aware of? Is there anyone, where are the exits? We're really, really good at this. We're also really good at... <laughs> Yes. We're also, so situational awareness is not just about um, physical locations. It's also about people. Mm. For example, one of your sisters, right? Let's say that one of your sisters, you might say about her, you know, you're really not acting yourself today. Is something wrong? Mm. That's also situational awareness. So when we're thinking of situational awareness, what we're looking for is a, what's called a baseline. A baseline is what is considered normal for that location or that person or that event. Mm. And that can be different in different places. You know, if I walk into a coffee shop, I expect people to be doing coffee shop things, reading yeah. books, drinking coffee, writing in notebooks, talking to a friend, whatever. Maybe there's like the local crazy guy. You know, so in that coffee shop, there's also somebody tap dancing on a table. For Mm. me, that seems weird. But for everybody else in the coffee shop, they're not reacting. So for them, that's part of their normal. Mm. Right? So I have to look at the entire situation to figure out what is the baseline of normal. 
And what I want to be able to do is recognize when things aren't normal, because that's what tells me something is off, just like your baseline of normal with a person you have a relationship with. Mm. They're behaving strangely and you can say, you know, something's off. That's part of, well, that's basically what situational awareness is. In a self-defense situation, studying your surroundings can also help us use environmental objects to defend mm. ourselves. And by that, mm. I don't necessarily mean, well, I, I, I don't want to restrict that to things like, oh, there's a rock on the ground. I can pick that up and use that as a weapon, <laughs> which is part of it. You know, that's part of using your environment to help you. But we can also look at our environment, whether that environment is another human or a group of people or a location to defend ourselves in the sense of like, you know, I know if I move behind this wall, this person threatening me can't see me anymore. Mm -hmm. That might be enough to break somebody's, you know, like evil eye vision. Yeah. Put a wall between you, put another human between you. Mm -hmm. you know, can be the right thing. I know that if I'm walking on the straight path and I feel someone's following me and I immediately jump into these bushes, you know, it's confusing for them. I've disappeared, but I know that on the other side of those bushes, there's another path that will also get me to my destination, mm. right? I know this landscape better than that person does. So how can I use my surroundings to help defend myself? I need to disappear. This person is, is, has got their sights locked on me. Again, maybe mm. they're following me. I've crossed the street. There's still one street behind me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this passing bus mm. you know, that I know in the moment is blocking their vision from mine and I can jump into the store so they can't see me. Yeah. Right? Or whatever it is. It can be a car. It can be an animal. It can be just like a fluttering piece of cloth, you know, on somebody's clothing line or you know, whatever it is. So I like the fact that you bring this up, you know, studying mm. your surroundings to figure out how to, to use them to defend yourself and learning how to manipulate those surroundings as well in a defensive yeah. way. So if let's go back to the example of the coffee shop, let's say this is a coffee shop I'm a regular at. You know, everybody, people, they may not know me, but they've seen me there before, right? Yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a complete stranger. Mm. If I walk into this coffee shop and everything is normal, according to the baseline of normal for that coffee shop, but I walk in and I am acting in an unusual way, mm. I'm letting everyone else know that there's something wrong. I'm disturbing yeah, the situation, right? And manipulating mm. it in that way and controlling it in that way to help protect myself. Mm. When we do these things, we want to be responsible. You know, we don't want to like walk into a coffee shop because somebody we know, but we don't like is following us down the street, <laughs> you know, and walk into a coffee shop and be like, oh, there's a crazy person, you know, but yeah. there are, so, you know, we don't want to make false accusations and we, and we want to be responsible for others around us as well. But our first priority is always to ourselves and our own safety looking at what we have and remembering that you know your daily roots better than anybody else mm. can also be part of the tools of self-defense. Mm. So like I said, you know, you can jump into some bushes. You happen to know that on the other side of those bushes is a path. The person following you might not know that, mm. you know, you know, your landscape, the same as in your house, you know, you know, where everything is in your house. If somebody breaks into your house, they don't know. Yeah, true. 
you have a big advantage over that person if you happen to be there at the same time. Yeah. Um, th- there was this one scenario that happened mm-hmm. with my sister. Like mm-hmm. there was this one time, four Audi boys were following my sister in the street. Yeah. She was mm-hmm. at school, actually coming back from school, heading home mm-hmm. to her hostel. So they walked behind her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Close, but not too close, you know, that kind of creepy, creepy kind of following or something like mm-hmm. that. So when she turned, when she always turned, they, they would stop. <laughs> and they're quite fast. So people don't, the people around are not realizing that these people are actually following this young girl. Right. So right. she turns, they stop. She walks again, they walk again. She increases mm-hmm. her pace, they increase their pace. Right. You know, that kind of creeping. Jerk. So. <laughs> And she got that says that these guys are up to no good. So what she mm-hmm. did, she knew her surrounding. This is a route she always takes, right? Mm-hmm. And she started, she began gauging their reaction subconsciously and consciously. So mm-hmm. she noticed that there were many people around, you know, mm-hmm. it's quite a busy area. There may be people frying some snacks at the side, the shopkeepers at the side. So mm-hmm. she notices this. So what she did, she made sure she gets to that part of the road, of the street. Mm-hmm. And then she turned at once. They froze because they, they, they didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. And she spoke out. She spoke out in a way that gets everybody's attention. And it did get people's attention. She was like, hey, I don't know what you want from me, but stop following me. Nice. You know, and everybody now was attentive Right. Somebody actually came out and had to stand between her and these boys. Uh-huh. And she walked to her place. So and she actually changed route. So mm-hmm. that they don't realize that okay, we can follow her even later or master where she's going. So she really used her surroundings pretty well. That's that's one of the things I thought about the moment I saw this. So right. the onlookers got interested and the boys backed off. Mm-hmm. But she did exactly what I was just describing with the coffee shop. Yeah. You know, and also just like, you know, she knew her route. She knew her landscape. She waited until she was in, she was in sort of the right place to do that, right? Where she Mm -hmm. would get the most attention, where she would also in many ways be the most disruptive in order Mm -hmm. to get that attention. Yeah. Right. It was brilliant. It was excellent, excellent work. You. <laughs> but but again it's it's you know these are things that women i mean how did your sister know how to do that how to do those <laughs> things did she take a self-defense class has she been watching jason Bourne movies i mean where did she where did she get it from these are things it's within that her. it's within her but these these are the things that are within all women and girls because yeah. we've had to we've had to use these tools since we mm. were little yeah it, you know, those creeps, they slip through no matter how protective our parents are. Mm. You know, again, the, the, the talent of those creeps is to remain unseen, except for yeah. whoever they're targeting. Mm. So you can have the most protective parents in the world as a little girl, but some creep is always going to slip through. You know, they're, know. they're just not going to see that person. And it's not because they're bad parents and it's not because they don't love you. It's because they aren't meant to see that person. And that person, that creep has been, usually been a creep for a really long time. 
and he's really good at it. So look at these boys, you know, following your sister. How old were they? Teenagers? Um, they're in the twenties, actually, not teenagers. In their twenties, but that means that they're already practicing at being creeps. Yeah. You know, imagine by the time they're 50, that'll be 30 years of creep practice. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But so this is, these are some of the things that, um, that we overlook, you know, we feel so vulnerable sometimes when, when, and we feel like we've betrayed ourselves, you know, when we get creeped on, when we get groped, when somebody picks our pocket, when whatever it is, without looking at the fact that these people are really good at what they do. Mm. And then turning that spotlight back on ourselves and recognizing where we're really good at what we do also. Yeah. You know, your sister did all the smartest things and, and I mean, Moved like a whole, moved like a boss in that whole scenario. Mm. <laughs> you know, True. I mean, it just, that that's everything I had just described before you told the story is exactly what she did. Brilliant. Yeah. We, but we all have it as women, all of us. Mm. We just don't think about the fact that we apply it. And that goes back to an earlier episode we did where I said, you know, learning self-defense is like learning to drive a car. You know, yeah. we're so good at these things that we don't even think about it. We just do it. Yeah. You know, but if we stop and break it down, it's like, oh, wow, I am a genius. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> and that's one of the things that we help people do in Pretty Deadly, right? Is we break that down and show like this, look, look how, look how strong you are. Look how capable you are. You yeah. just never applied these things to self-defense situations, but you know, you're brilliant. Yeah, true. It's great. I mean, I'm biased, but I think it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-empowerment program through self-defense, developed from real-life experience, a lot of martial arts training, and tailored for the way women actually learn the things we actually face, and that's actually fun. Learn more at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com. You can download our app, find a class, learn how to become a trainer, or find out how to teach the Pretty Deadly program at your school or studio. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and yes, we're even on TikTok. Just search for Pretty Deadly Self-Defense and we'll be there. Our theme song is an excerpt from the original track Icarus Wish by Dead Centuries and used by generous permission of the artists. Get more tunes at deadcenturies.bandcamp.com. <laughs>